0: This is the Trout Bitten Podcast.
1: Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten? Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten? Yeah. Trout Bitten. Trout Bitten. It's about trout.
0: Wild trout. This is Trout Bitten. This is the Trout Bitten Podcast. And thank you for tuning in. I'm Dominic Swantoski the owner of Trout Bitten and the author of Troutbitten.com, where among the 800 articles that I've published, you will find a dedicated series called The Nine Essential Skills for Tightline and Nymphing. And that series on the website is sort of the inspiration for this podcast series. So there's a lot of intro level information out there, books, videos, and articles that cover the basics. But the Troutbitten platform allows me to really expand on things that I've written and to flesh out some of the details and specifics of the tactics that we use to catch trout. So if you're here, listening to part four of this nine-part essential skills series, then you're my kind of angler too. Because with this nymphing series, we're building beyond the basics. These critical skills are the building blocks. And in each one of these episodes, we're trying to understand the finer points, the nuances that lead to the advanced tactics that fool more trout and bring more enjoyment to our time on the water. So, my friend Austin Dando is here with me tonight, and we're ready for the fourth skill in this series, Recovering Slack. Right, Austin? That's right. (laughs) You have all your best knowledge ready? Uh, Yes. Have you been thinking about Recovering Slack
1: all day? I've been imagining it, yeah. I've been playing it back in my mind of what I do.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Helps put it into words when you don't talk about it very much out loud. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah.
0: What are you drinking tonight?
1: Tonight, I'm enjoying the Wolf King Warrior Stout on Nitro from uh, Rusty Rail Brewing Company.
0: Rusty Rail? Where's Rusty Rail from?
1: Rusty Rail is in Mifflinburg, and Mm. uh, that's where I live. I live about two blocks away from the brewery. And on Thursday (laughs) nights, they do... uh, Life
0: decisions. Yeah. On Thursday nights, (laughs) they do uh,
1: half-price growler fill. So I usually walk over there on Thursdays and fill up. I like it. Yep. Are you ready to get tactical? Let's do it. All right, here we go. So on to the
0: tactics or this skill of recovering slack. Imagine once again that you're standing in a run of pocket water just above your knees. There are boulders, large and small, that break up the medium fast flow with white caps, merging seams, and back swirls. Perfect. All right, you're facing upstream and just slightly across and your target for landing the fly is upstream two rod lengths, and over one rod length. As we addressed in episode one, you've been wading through this pocket water to keep that perfect angle and approach with each new target. You make a great tuck cast, allowing the fly to fall without tension for just a moment, and just stick the landing with everything about your rig in great position for the perfect drift. This is what we talked about in episode two and three. Now your sighter is at a 45 degree angle, It's above the water, the flies are dropping, and it's time to recover the slack. But what's the best way to do that in a tight line system? Let's start with this, actually. How much slack and how fast do we recover it?
1: Right. Um, So a good rule of thumb is we recover what slack is given back to us from the river. So Mm. we don't necessarily decide how much slack we take back. We let the river show us. And the same Mm. pace that the river feeds us our line back is the same pace that we retrieve it back through the rod tip or with the lifting of the rod tip.
0: That's nice. That's the way I think about it, too. Yeah, let the river decide. I think, well, I get the question a lot, like, oh, how fast should I be leading it? like, no, that's not for you to decide. Um, (laughs) Just recover that, right? Just recover the slack that's given to you. We cast upstream, the river feeds it back to us, and then we need to stay in touch. Great. But— We don't necessarily need to lead the flies downstream and pull them downstream. We're going to get to that kind of stuff in later episodes. Mm. But here, what we're really just talking about is recovering the slack that's given to us. It's great. That's our job. So we don't have to guess about the speed. Like you said, let the river decide.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's all about finding that balance between what is too much and what is too little. And Mm -hmm. the closer we can ride the line between being directly in touch and being slightly out of touch, the better our drift and the better our detection and the better uh, natural presentation we're going to offer the shroud.
0: Right on. And we're going to talk about that too. So while tight line and euro nymphing, pulling downstream too much creates unnatural downstream drag. But leading too little allows slack to build up. Because again, the river's pushing the flies back to us. We need Mm -hmm. to recover that slack. If we don't pull it downstream enough, then slack builds up, putting us out of contact, hurting strike detection, big time, and permitting excess tippet, really, to drift into conflicting currents, and that just destroys the dead
1: drift. Yeah. I have an analogy for how I describe this to folks when I'm explaining it. Cool. I say, imagine you're walking your dog. You know, you're out for a walk, (laughs) and your dog's on a leash. You know, you don't want your dog walking so fast that the leash is tight and the the dog's dragging you behind. You know, imagine Mm -hmm. the dog or your flies and And the uh, the leash is the the cider almost, but what you want is like an equal walking pace. So you're not walking ahead of your dog, your dog's not walking ahead of you. There's some Mm -hmm. tension in the leash, but you're not necessarily dragging the dog, and the dog isn't dragging you either. So once in a while, yeah, you might feel a little tug. Once in a while, the cider might go Mm -hmm. a little taut, but then it goes slack again. (laughs) You know, you want to ride the line between being tight to your dog and being. Not tight to your dog. (laughs) That's the walking face that I'm looking for in my flies to my cider.
0: I like it. I've never heard you describe it that way. How do
1: people (laughs) respond when you say that? I think it makes sense to people. (laughs) It makes sense.
0: I I like it.
1: I get a good response
0: from it. So I just get a good good response. Yeah. That's good. That's true. You got to find that balance, like you said, between too much and too little. Leading them downstream. Mm. Next episode is about finding the contact. And talk about that more. But we're talking about recovering that slack. And that's it's really the next step. Because if we don't do something, again, everything's just going to get out of hand. With a good tuck cast, we've introduced a bit of controlled slack for the fly to fall quicker. We talked about that last episode. That's a great aspect of that tuck cast. But now we don't want to pull that slack out right away. We've given that fly a little bit of grace to fall. Hmm. And we don't want to pull that slack out right away. But we also don't want too much slack to build up either. Again, if we don't start doing something to recover slack, well, we're going to have too much slack build up. And then we've destroyed the drift. So as the river flows downstream, it sends the fly back to us, creating slack. And we want to simply pick that up and maintain contact with the fly. Again, let the river decide. You know, we don't need to guess. Just maintain the contact and recover the slack that's coming back to you. Sometimes, as we're saying, sometimes you want to be very directly in contact and sometimes only slightly in contact. We'll talk more about slip in contact, what we like to call slip in contact in the next skill for episode five, finding contact. But for now, let's move on to how we recover slack. Um, it's critical, right? I mean, it's, this is line management. Yeah. This is the skill of line management. And if the goal is to be in contact with these flies and really know where they are, if this is a tight line rig, then allowing too much slack in the system destroys everything that we're working toward, that we're working hard for with our cast and our our setup and everything. Right Um Managed slack is part of an advanced skill set. It's very much what we're doing with the tuck cast. Again, introducing a little bit of slack. So after sticking the landing, we're in great position to continue those advanced skills. Um, but we have to do the right thing, and we have to recover the slack. We do that in three different ways, right? So let's break them down. Yep. Ways to recover slack.
1: Um, Let's start with the rod tip. Uh, Yeah. There are two ways to recover slack with just a rod tip even. Um, One of those ways is by simply lifting the rod tip. Yeah. And then another way is simply by leading with the rod tip. So when we make Mm -hmm. the cast and we stick the landing after we've done our tuck, we can lift the rod tip to minimize the amount of slack on the water or uh, Mm -hmm. out of our guides or Mm -hmm. we can lead the rod tip downstream and get ahead of our own slack and take it up that way.
0: I talk about this a lot with guys. I like that you point this out, this lift and then lead. I have a full article about the lift and lead. That's what I call it. When we lift with the rod tip, it's something very different than when we lead with the rod tip. You mentioned the cider angle. When we lift the rod tip, we create a more vertical angle Mm -hmm. on the cider. Yes. And when we lift the rod tip, if we don't lead at all, we allow that fly to just fall. Yep. As we lift the rod tip, the fly falls. Yep. And that can seem really counterintuitive, but again, this isn't basic stuff. This is more advanced stuff. We lift the rod tip, allowing those flies just to fall because we're not leading them downstream anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So we can recover slack by lifting that slack off the water and allowing those flies to fall. This is a key concept to understand. No doubt about it. Yeah. Lift the rod tip. Allow the flies to fall. Don't lead right away, necessarily. Right. You know, in in so many cases, just lift with the rod tip. And yeah, then we can lead with the rod tip.
1: And that's kind of tying back into what my uh, sort of final comments were on episode three, this past episode, where I know. I'm kind of surprised on how. I know. I'm surprised by how much you don't need to move the rod tip right away as soon as the flies enter the water. That's something that first surprised me when I realized it at least and then uh, continues to surprise folks when I kind of explain that as well. When those flies enter the water, like you mentioned, they're falling. When you lift the rod tip, they're in a free fall. Mm -hmm. If we start moving and leading the flies while they're trying to do that, well, then we've again defeated our own purpose. Yeah. So, you know, stick the landing let the flies start to free fall for a moment. Recover the slack and then start moving. Don't start leading them right away.
0: Yeah. When you stick that landing perfectly, you really don't need to do a whole lot for the first few moments. How long right. is a moment? You know, maybe a second, <laughs> yeah, two changes seconds. changes in the water type, right? It, it sure does. Um, so lifting and then leading, two different ways to recover slack. And they're both absolutely necessary and important to understand before we move on from that and get to other ways to recover slack, I want to mention that a lot of times I'll feel like, oh, I'm not leading the flies yet. I'm just lifting. But then, well, I, I realized my mistake and I realized that I was leading the flies and not just lifting. Great way to really determine if all you're doing is lifting is kind of look at your rod tip against maybe a tree that's on the side side mm. of the river. You know, and yeah. if, if that rod tip is only following the path of the tree, going vertical, 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 yeah. then you're just lifting. And if you realize, oh, it's, wait, it's going to the next tree and the next tree, then you're leading. And you we want to be very deliberate about this stuff. If you just are really just purely lifting, lifting, then you'll lead. If you just purely lift, you won't need much lift time, and then you'll lead. Two ways to recover slack, man, you know, and they're very, very different. Mm. And they achieve very different things.
1: That's really neat. I'm gonna try your tree trick next time I'm out. The tree trick. I want to pay attention to that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll say too that when we lead, we do not change the cider angle. I started by talking about with the with the lift, we change the cider angle. The more we lift, mm. the more vertical yes. that cider angle gets. Well, as soon as we lead, then really we're not lifting anymore. And that cider angle should stay the same.
1: Absolutely. If we're
0: at a forty-five, let's say, when we start to lead, then that lead allows us to just lead all the way through the drift with the forty five.
1: Yeah. That is key.
0: Another thing to think about.
1: The other way we can recover slack is by using our line hand to strip mm. in line. You write about the trigger finger, right? So on yeah. uh, okay. people who are right-handed, that'd be their right hand on the rod cork and their their index figure that we, we hold the the line in between our fingers. Okay. And we use our left hand to draw that slack in mm-hmm. back through our trigger finger. Mm. And one of the great advantages to this as well is when we start to lead the flies downstream, and we get our 45-degree angle, our arm only has so much reach. Mm. You know, we, we don't want to be trying to extend our drift with our arm. Good point. And especially if we want to have a hook set at the end when our all the line is out of our guides and we're trying to stay ahead of our, our own line, we can't really do that. Mm. The best way to manage that is to use the line hand, pull in slack as the river gives it back to mm. us, and stay stay tight. You know, the less line hanging outside the rod guides, The closer we're going to be to contact, Mm. the more immediate we're going to be to a hook set when a fish does take. um, It's a really convenient way to to get that done. Mm. Those are all super points. I don't know where to start.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I'd see a lot of people kind of miss the line hand stuff, you know, when I'm guiding and teaching tight line tactics or I'm just fishing with friends. I mean, I'll see a lot of people like hardly – you know, use that left hand. Let's let's just say we're all right-handed. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I had to think about <laughs> yeah, it. I know you did. <laughs> so, yeah, because you're left-handed. When you started with that. I was thinking, wow, he's like doing the mirror image thing. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, uh, let's pretend we're all right-handed and say, I see a lot of people just don't use that left hand. And it's limiting. Now, it's a it's a fine way to approach things in the beginning. You know, just keep things simple and cast at short range. And okay, don't use the line hand. Right. But as soon as you're beyond those basics and as soon as you can incorporate that line hand, bring it in. Mm -hmm. Because it, oh, it allows for so much more versatility. Things you were just talking about. I mean, yeah, you're going to be in touch more. That's for sure. Um, I mean, the less line you can keep out of the rod tip, uh, the more in control of everything that you're going to be strike detection, you're going to be better in control of all those angles we're talking about, you know, all that contact in and out, you're in control. For sure. And so you can keep more line out of the rod guides by also using the the line hand to do some of the retrieve for you. It just makes sense. Yeah. All right, short break here. And let me mention, listen for the discount codes that our sponsors often provide in these ads. For example, Devin is gonna give you 10% off by using the code TFF10. So please support the sponsors that keep this trout and project funded.
1: Tactical Fly Fisher was started in 2015 by fly fishing team USA angler Devin Olson with a mission to bring American anglers the techniques and gear that dominate the international competitive fly fishing scene. While you may have no desire to compete, you can still benefit from the same strategies which competitive anglers use to make them more successful on the water. Whether you want to buy a nymphing rod, a Stillwater fly line, or just some hooks and beads to fill your fly box, we've got you covered. And our teaching materials will help you learn how to use whatever products fill up your cart. Head on over to thetacticalflyfisher.com and use the code TFF10 to get 10% off flies, fly tying supplies, or terminal tackle. Your
0: fly, and the presentation given, is only as good as your tippet. There's no denying that the right flies are a key part of the nymphing equation, and so is the right tippet. Fooling Mill Masterclass Fluorocarbon has the lowest refractive index on the market. It's also dense, durable, and super strong. Pair that with the Fooling Mill tippet rings and their new Masterclass Monofilament Cider, and you'll be in top shape. Fooling Mill tippet is available from 7x to 4x. Stock up at foolingmill.com or ask for it at your local dealer. So couple different ways we can use the line hand. I mean we can use it to strip That one's pretty obvious. you mentioned mm-hmm. using the trigger finger. yeah the line definitely needs to go under your trigger finger first. Great yeah I mean that's almost a given but okay, let's address it. It has to go under that trigger finger so that well you can you can strip once and then lock that trigger finger down and then reach up by your trigger finger and strip again so you can get a couple nice strips with you know a, a good long tight line drift. Yep, It also has to go under your trigger finger because at any point a fish might hit, that's the sort of the point of the whole thing, right? Yep. Fish might eat and we need to lock that trigger finger down and bam, strike, set the hook, you know, which is another uh, essential skill coming up in one of the episodes. So the trigger finger is absolutely necessary. And yes, we can strip line. That one is a given. That one's obvious. There's something I call a pulley retrieve. And Josh and I did a video on it not too long ago. Yeah, I'm not going to try to describe it here in more detail than this. I'll just say the line passes over and around your line hand thumb. Then you take your line hand thumb, your left hand thumb, and put the line around it and then just draw your arm back as the line sort of circles around your thumb. And that's what I call a pulley retrieve. There's a full video on it. And it's a super smooth way to recover. Yeah. Really, twice as much length as a regular strip. Uh, when I showed this to a friend of mine, he called it trimming the cider. Mm. I thought that was fantastic. I was like, ah, oh, that's great. It's like trimming the sails, you know? Yeah. Um, just just trimming things, just just getting things in perfect position. And so it's one of, that pulley retrieve is one of the things that I do. Almost all the time, without even thinking about it. Fly enters, we've talked about sticking the landing. Part of me sticking the landing is using that pulley retrieve to just trim that cider just slightly. Yeah. Again, if I'm trying to achieve that (laughs) 45-degree angle, I use that pulley retrieve to just real smooth trim the cider. Yeah. Put it in perfect position. That's what we mean by trimming it. But you can also use a standard strip for that. All of that's fine. But there's a couple different things really we can do with the line hand to retrieve slack. But if you do it with the line hand or if you do it with the rod tip, which is lifting and leading like we talked about, yep. I mean, all of those are going to achieve really different things.
1: I like the pull retrieve a lot. I especially find it useful when recovering the initial slack incorporated mm-hmm. after sticking yeah. the landing, right? right? Because I think at that point, our flies are most sensitive to any sort of rod tip movement Mm. Or uh, our body movement outside of what we're trying to do, and it can it can throw things off. But when we are able to incorporate a really subtle uh, trimming, like you just described it, of yeah. the slack, we can kind of keep things undisturbed as those flies begin their free fall. Before we start to incorporate our own movements, um, and that's a really handy thing to practice. It is, I think, the pulley retrieve, as I call it, is
0: smoother. Again, uh, more yeah. subtle than yeah a, than a standard strip, I
1: totally agree with you,
0: also, you and I use a mono rig as a lot of people do, and I don't like to hand twist with a mono rig mm-hmm. um I'll hand twist with a fly line, I do that a lot while I'm night fishing it's one of my one of my preferred tactics is the hand twist and then twitch, um but I don't like to do it with a mono rig uh let's say it's twenty pound maxima chameleon, yeah, uh, if I hand twist that. Especially right now in the wintertime. it's cold, mm-hmm. and you know, I kind of introduce some some coils or some bends in that nice flat chameleon that I have. Yep, I like to keep that flatness. After I stretch it, the chameleon is is fine. Right? Yeah, it lays flat. It's stiff material, but it lays flat. It's great stuff. But if I hand twist it, I don't like what it does to it. So I use this pulley retrieve instead. Maybe that's why I started doing it in the first place. Hmm. When I published the article and and Josh and I did the video, I had a lot of feedback from people saying, oh, I've done something like that for a long time. Right. I never had a name for it. I didn't know other people did it. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you did it without even thinking about it too. The more you fish, the more you find these subtle adjustments and tactics
1: that you don't necessarily have names for, but boy, they work. For sure. Yeah, I felt the same way. It was cool to see, Mm -hmm. you know, cool to see it explained.
0: Yeah, so we're recovering slack. But there are some troubles now that we're recovering slack. There are some, uh, some weather elements, some conditional things that can, you know, make things challenging.
1: Yeah. One of the first that pops up to mind, you kind of mentioned whether there is wind. Um, yeah. If we're lifting too much line in the air, uh, we get that sail effect, right? Yeah. And if we're trying to lift up the rod tip and reduce the slack, but the wind is howling. You know what's going to happen. The wind's going to come around. It's going to throw a huge bow in your line. And it's going to drag the flies back out of the column. Right. Um, so more use more of a, of a leading or line-hand recovery in that instance. No doubt.
0: Uh, actually, a lot of line-hand stuff. The windier it gets, the more I use my line-hand.
1: Mm-hmm. And again,
0: the more we use our line-hand, the less line we are going to have from rod tip to water surface. And that's just critical.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Another thing I'd say, like, uh, maybe a trouble- difficulty about some of this stuff, recovering slack, is feeling that thin leader in our hands. Even if you have a Euro nymphing line, which is a very thin diameter fly line, uh, those even feel strange at first. And then if you go full mono-rig, where what you have in your hands is monofilament, again, like 20-pound Maxima Chameleon, that can feel pretty strange at first, but it really only feels odd or unnatural. Oh, for a trip or two, a couple of days. Give yourself yeah. a couple times out before you make any judgments on it. Yep. And before you tell yourself, oh, I can't handle it. I can't feel it. Mm. Because once you learn, once you learn to feel it and really appreciate it, then really in a short time, you learn to love that extra feel and sensitivity that a mono rig can give you over any kind of fly line too. Yeah. Yeah, but handling that leader, any kind of thin leader or... Th- super thin fly line can feel pretty strange. Right. And so that's, if we're using our line hand to do some of the recovery, that can feel kind of odd. And I really think that that's why so many people, again, that I meet or I see doing this stuff don't even use the line hand because they haven't really forced themselves yet to develop that skill of using the line hand. Right. Yeah, so you want to use the rod tip. You want to lift and you want to lead. You want to use the line hand. You definitely want to strip and maybe learn that pulley retrieve. Anything else, Austin?
1: I was thinking about mentioning it's nice to have a fast action rod that also has a, a fast rod tip recovery. Because mm. if we make, if we stick the landing and we start to recover slack, and let's say we lift the fly as we start leading, and our rod tip is still jiggling and shaking as we're trying to get yeah. all that stuff recovered, that can be pretty hard. Not to say it can't be done, but that is a, a convenience if you have it to you. You know, use your faster recovering rod if you have one.
0: Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the action is fast. You're simply saying that the, well, the quality of the rod is such that after it makes the cast, it'll boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And it's done. It's done moving. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. And that doesn't even necessarily have to be an expensive rod. There are plenty of great options. But yeah, some rods are going to go boom, 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 boom. Right. And then they're finally done flexing, you know, back and forth. And other rods are going to go boom, 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 boom. And they're done. Yeah. You know, and then they're stable. And what we need to do is drift with a stable cider. And that really does lead us into the next episode, which is finding contact. Without a stable cider, we can't really find that contact on the cider that we're going to be looking for here in episode five that's coming up. There you go. I did it again. You did it. (laughs) I didn't even try. No, you didn't even try. (laughs) Maybe it's your skill and mine that just brings it to the end here. Yeah.
1: There you go.
0: (laughs) All right, friends, that's number four of the essential tightline and uro-nymphing skills series, Recovering Slack. And remember, there's a companion article for each of these episodes and that full series is over at troutbitten.com. The link for all of that is also in the show notes for this podcast. So the next skill in this series of nine is about finding contact. And it's a big one because contact is at the very heart of these rigs. The ability to be in contact with our nymph at any moment allows us to know where the flies are without seeing them under the water. In some ways, then, it's the most important skill. Learning to read contact and influence that contact to the flies is where so much of the enjoyment of fishing a tight line or mono rig comes into play. Because reading contact is about knowing what the flies are doing and knowing that we can dictate the terms to those flies, put them where we want them. Take them where they're going to go next. So look for that one, find and contact, in your Troutbitten podcast feed. There are nine episodes in this Essential Skills series, so subscribe to the Trout Bitten podcast and follow along. Austin, you want to read us out?
1: Remember, Troutbitten.com is a free resource for all anglers. With over 800 articles, there are stories, commentaries, tactics, tips, and more. Find what you like through the top menu and through the search page. Navigate by way of the categories and the tags, too. Thank you so much for listening to the Trout Bitten Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave a comment, because it really does help. Until next time, friends, fish hard, enjoy the day, and find your life on the water.